Hello, and welcome to Phil and Froggy. How is everybody today? We're going to start with Sucko. Idiot. <laughs> weird. Russian is weird. <laughs> Just call me fucking idiot. There's <laughs> no way I swear. Uh, Marcus? Hello, my name is Marcus. I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. And so, who is right next? Oh my god, yeah, hi guys, howdy, I'm actually with Asia today, it's very exciting. Do you want to tell oh. them why, or do you want to leave that off the podcast? Why Why am I with you today, Asia? Remember how my hamster was dying? Well, he fucking died! <laughs> yeah, I'm here today with Asia because we're hosting a small funeral for her beloved pet hamster, Dumpling. Sweet baby boy. Unfortunately, he passed away on, was it Friday? Yeah, he passed away about two days ago. Um, so tonight, after we're done recording, we're going to host a little funeral for him. And this will be my second hamster funeral in my life. Where are they burying him? Probably in Is it yard. in their front yard? Probably no, not the front yard. <laughs> oh. If I had a nickel for every time I held a, a funeral for a hamster, I'd have two nickels. <laughs> Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice, right? Is it? I mean, apparently I mean, hamsters only live two yeah, or three I guess, years. I guess it's not that weird. Might hold three if you get one for your kid. <laughs> yeah. Alright, Seko, What do you got for us today? didn't even talk about our days. Oh, I guess that's true. How are you guys' day? My day is pretty okay. How is yours? I woke up at noon because I stayed up till four in the morning watching a TV show that's not very good. <laughs> oh, hey, Mood. Asia. I'm just depressed. <laughs> Mental health matters, guys. I don't know why, but Google just picked up on Asia saying, I'm depressed. <laughs> it was a suicide You know, line. you guys know what's pretty depressing? What? The fact that frogs were the first land animals with vocal cords. I have a question for you, Sucko. What? Why is that depressing? You're more advanced than us. <laughs> I'm gonna have to disagree. I but... mean, we also have vocal cords. Yeah, I mean, they may have- They got it before us. They, they were ahead of us when it came to adaptation. Mm -hmm. That's not more advanced. You know? There you go. Um... Fuck, hold on. You guys haven't really set me up for anything for a good segue. <laughs> Are we still discussing? Yeah, Are we I still guess so. discussing? He's gotta figure we can, we can it still out. Dig sus. Figure it out with what? More discuss. advanced? Figure it out with Scooby-Doo. No. That's terrible. What's your Scooby-Doo? Coming after <laughs> Where you. Where are you? Do you, <laughs> Do you know what else? <laughs> different thing. Do, do you know who else? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let me do my segue and then you guys can dick around for a second. Do <laughs> Do you know what else was ahead of its time? My mom! No. <laughs> Scooby-Doo! Today, each one of us has picked out a TV show that we really like not or really Pulp dislike. Fiction. What? Not Pulp Fiction. said not Pulp Fiction. <laughs> no, Pulp Fiction was not ahead of its time. As much as I liked that movie, it was it was pretty in place. <laughs> I don't... at the picture! <laughs> what? <laughs> I looked at the picture Marcus said. <laughs> okay, anyways, today each one of us has picked out a TV show that we either like or dislike, and we're going to sit and talk about it for 10 minutes. Um, I'll let them tell what shows that they picked out. Um, Marcus, what are you talking about today? I'm going to be talking about probably like not the most. Everybody else is talking about like serious stuff about shows. I'm literally just going to be talking about regular show today. I thought it was Adventure Time. Oh, yeah, it was it. Adventure Time. <laughs> what princesses are in regular show? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
I changed it because I feel like regular show is a better topic. And okay. now I gotta change the script. Thanks, Marcus. It's a, it's okay. We can no. just leave it. You can just leave it. She knows that she's she knows what she's talking about. Okay, uh, Sucker, I mean, what are you talking about today? I'm talking about Voltron Legendary Defender. Woo. Asia, what are you gonna be talking about today? Euphoria. <laughs> And as as we have previously said, I'm going to be talking about Scooby-Doo because it is my favorite show in existence. Okay, so, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? was the first Scooby-Doo piece of media to ever come out in the year 1969. I believe it was produced by Hanna-Barbera Productions. And I love the original show. I need everyone to understand me. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You is and forever will be my favorite version of our beloved characters. Why are you talking so slow? Because I'm upset already and I just started talking. The way that my beloved characters in Scooby-Doo have been watered down to basic stereotypes and tropes makes me so angry. I, I wrote some notes about what they were like in the original TV show. Um, I'm going to start with Shaggy because Shaggy is and always will be my absolute favorite character. I adore him. He was in the first TV show, in like the first episode. They said he was an accomplished gymnast. He swung himself through an open window on a on, on the third story of a building to come down and unlock the front door for the other the other four. And you, like, never see him do anything like that ever again. He was also an expert ventriloquist, which he used in a trap that he set on his own to, to like, escape from a monster. He was, like I said, he was able to create traps, like, just out of thin air without anybody else's help him and scoob would just make traps to like help themselves get out of bad situations he dropped a chandelier on a monster's head to get away from him at one point without anybody telling him what to do and he also was not that scared (laughs) there was like it was like four or five episodes in before he ever needed a scooby snack to help himself get like courage and it was just a joke about how he had to walk scooby while scooby was the bait and I just, he even like roasted Scooby for being scared in a lot of situations. And I just, I had, I came to a couple, I, I, I watched Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, which is a show that came out in 2019 where each episode they would have a new like guest star. Like they had Wanda Sykes and Ricky Gervais. There was an episode that they did with Weird Al Yankovic that I thought was just so funny. But in the episode with Weird Al Yankovic, they are... The, the monster in this episode is robotic dinosaurs and they are trying to like find out why the robotic dinosaurs want to like get into the mines near Weird Al's like um, accordion camp and he finds a dinosaur egg and then he's he comes to the conclusion on his own that that is what the robotic dinosaurs are looking for and I'm just like he hasn't done anything like that since the first show that I've seen Anyways, I'm gonna move on from Shaggy because I'm 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 already almost halfway done and I've only talked about Shaggy. Um, I'm gonna move on to Fred. Um, as much as I adore Fred's character in Mystery Incorporated because I think he's just so funny, I hate that they kind of watered him down to the dumb jock stereotype so much in later shows because he started out as like really intelligent and witty and he was very driven. And he showed a lot of, like, consideration to all of the members of his team as opposed to, like, all the... Because I think it's funny where there's, like, gags where he'll say something about Daphne and Velma will be like, gee, thanks. But, like, that's not really a positive change necessarily. Like, it's funny, yeah, but it's, like, that just wasn't who Fred was. Um, I can say one positive change that they did make about Fred that I think is so funny is the fact that now he's got, like, a romantic relationship with the mystery machine almost, which is so funny because in the um, Zombie Island, Return of, Return to Zombie Island, um, like, film that they did, 
uh, he sold the mystery machine and he sees a reflection of it in the river on the way to the island they're going to. And he's and like he wakes up from a nightmare he has about the mystery machine going missing. And he's like, oh, I thought I lost her. <laughs> and it's just so funny. Um, Daphne. I've got to say, out of all the characters, I think Daphne has had the most... I want to say the most improvements, but at the same time, like, she's kind of been on a roller coaster with character development. So she started off as, like, pretty clever, and, like, she had nicknames like Danger Prone Daphne, Disastrous Daphne, because she was very clumsy. But she, like, she worked hard, and she was really intelligent. But then, like, as time went on, she started kind of just becoming the pretty girl who got kidnapped every time. And it wasn't just because she was clumsy, it was just because she was the pretty girl. She was the damsel in distress. And I hate the damsel in distress trope i think it's so stupid i don't want to say it's sexist but it kind of is if you think about it another thing that pisses me off is when i hear people say that in mystery incorporated they made daphne a feminist and she never was before when that's not true at all daphne has always been a feminist icon um in the 2002 live action film she straight up like in, in Scooby-Doo, the, the, the movie where they go to Spooky Island, she straight up is like, I'm so sick of this damsel in distress nonsense. And she becomes a black belt in karate so she can defend herself. Tell me that's not feminist. Moving on from Daphne, we have Velma. I think Velma's had the least amount of change in her personality. I think the one thing, the, like the one big change, no, there's two big changes that were made with her. Um, the first isn't really that big of a deal. It's just that she used to lose her glasses once every episode, and now it's less common, which it's neither here nor there. It's not a bad thing, necessarily. It's just kind of a funny visual gag that they stopped using that I was a little disappointed to see, but, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm sure that a lot of people got sick of seeing it. I'm not one of those people, but whatever. Um, The other one that does frustrate me a little bit was that in the original TV show, and I would say even... I would say even the Scooby-Doo show, which was one of its, you know, one of its successors, um, she was very willing to accept the possibility of supernatural phenomena, but in the later shows, like there's in Mystery Incorporated, she has a whole mental breakdown to her mom about how she's only ever believed in science, and now there's the actual possibility of the supernatural coming, and she's like, I just don't know what to believe anymore, and I'm like, Velma, Velma, honey, two things can exist simultaneously science and the supernatural can both be real you own a talking dog but yeah so there's that i wanted to say something interesting that i did learn is that um daphne canonically knows alfred pennyworth which is batman's butler and considers him to be like an uncle to her (laughs) which actually was in the batman episode of scooby-doo and guess who which is so funny Um, And then also, um, I thought it was really cool that Scooby actually became easier to understand as time went on, which I thought was a nice change because in the very first show, it's kind of off-putting because, you know, I I didn't watch Scooby-Doo Where Are You as much as I did some of the later shows, but re-watching it, I realized that Scooby was a lot harder to understand in the very first TV show. And I think a big reason why that changed is because Fred's voice actor, Frank Welker, eventually took over for Don Messick as the voice of Scooby. And I think that having that change made a positive impact on our ability to understand when Scooby is speaking. Because it, while it's funny to see him like babbling on and it's kind of like you can't understand it, it is nice to be able to see that like, yeah, I know what he's saying. It's not just gibberish. That's my little rant is that I'm just, I'm mad at the way that they've kind of not really developed the characters as much as because it's been out for almost for for 50 years and they haven't really developed the characters the way that they could have at this point because instead of really digging into those core character values from the original tv show they started like taking away important aspects of these characters that made them so creative and fun to watch and it's just it's still a good show it's just not it's just not the same i really do like Will Forte. I think he's very funny. I've watched his show Last Man on Earth. I think it's one of the funniest shows ever. And I think, you know, Will Forte is very, um, you know, talented in his own mind. But 
just you just will never understand the decision to that he got Shaggy for masculine because like I love Will Forte but like just the sh- Shaggy just no that's just my personal opinion no hate to Will Forte it's just I, I feel you my on that personal one. opinion oh I like Scooby Doo yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay do you want to go ahead and talk about your show <laughs> all right. I'm doing Voltron Legendary Defender, which means I got to watch all eight seasons in the span of a week. Woo! Okay, so starting off, um, I'm going to separate it like two seasons at a time, right? Just make it easier. So we got one and two, three and four, seven, six, and seven, eight. So one and two are kind of like peak Voltron, right? Got good writing. Everything comes together in a neat little bow. Um, they use foreshadowing well. It's always, well, I don't know, always. I mean, comedy is subjective, but most of the time the jokes land. All the characters are fun, right? They all have different archetypes and everything, and they have good dynamics with each other. And they have, like, episodes, but none of the episodes feel like filler, right? There's nothing that just, like, happens for the sake of making an episode because we need an episode. As far as development for the characters, unfortunately, Hunk and Lance don't get as much development as the other people, but it's only the first two seasons, so can you do? Highlights that I saw were Pidge's family stuff, then his Galra stuff, Paran, who never gets worse, ever, and Alora is a total badass, so yeah. It's nice to see the paladins growing closer, and it's it's a lot of fun. The first two seasons are a lot of fun, right? The ending, honestly, they could have ended the series there with just a couple of, like, who is that one person, that one episode, um, because it, they, like, foreshadowed Lotor, right? But it would have been a fine ending, kind of bittersweet since Shiro technically died, but fine. So... In my opinion, season three and four were a bit more boring. I don't know. I was kind of busy while I was watching them. I was, like, multitasking, so maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention to get the full experience. But they weren't as interesting as the first two. But they weren't bad by any means. They were still fine seasons. Um, kind of sucks how there's less of a team thing in season four, right? Because mid- the middle of the, middle or end of season three, Shiro comes back. At that point, they've already replaced him and had like this whole new team thing. And then at the beginning of season four, Keith goes away to do the Blade of Marmora stuff. And it's like, okay, it's just, it sucks that a kind of team like dynamic that they had in the first two seasons, I don't ever think they really come back to that fully like they had which is kind of it's kind of disappointing because that's like one of the big draws to the show but you know seasons 3 and 4 man I do not remember a lot from those uh Lotor's okay I guess they have this whole thing where they have to stop him it's very confusing a lot of the times so like I said, might just be a side effect of me not paying attention fully. But yeah. Right, seasons 5 and 6. Um, they take a bit of a turn for the worst. Not a big one though, right? They're still pretty good. Pretty good seasons. There's a lot of drama. Um, a lot of relationship stuff with like Alora and Lotor and Lance. And it's like, I don't really care, but okay. They kill off the main villain uh, the second episode of season 5, which is very strange, right? They kill Zarkon off. He's gone for good, except for, like, flashbacks and random mind stuff in the later seasons. Um, but him as... He's he's gone, right? And so there's this whole thing where they're like, oh my god, now all the Galra are fighting each other because somebody wants to be in power. And it's not really... Um interesting I guess is the word I mean maybe not interesting it's not really it doesn't make 
feel tense, right? I like. Uh, what does that mean? Who's who's in danger here? Is it the Galra that are in danger? Are they taking it out on other people? I don't know. Um, but they make Lotor the ruler, and then he kind of like backstabs them. The Lotor I like because he, Darkon was a classic villain in that his motivations were just I'm evil and I want to conquer and destroy. And so while he wasn't an interesting villain, it was a threatening one because we got to see all the destruction rain. Lotor was an interesting one, not as threatening because we didn't even really know if he was a villain until like the very end of season 6. Because his motivations, they're very complicated that stem from like trauma from his parents and also his own ego, but he thinks that he's doing the right thing, and then he ends up going insane from quintessence, and it's like, okay, you're no longer interesting because now you're just crazy. Um, so that's kind of lame. No. Uh, and then Lotor dies. They kill him, and they escape because Alora knows magic and stuff. Which is another big problem with the later seasons, is that Alora's Altean alchemy and magic, it just becomes, like, problem solver for anything. Like, I don't know if you remember this, Soul, but in season 5, Lance just straight up dies. I do remember that, right? yeah. Alora just brings them back to life and there's no explanation. I do have and... to agree with you on that, though. The later seasons were really boring. Although I never got past season five, so I don't remember anything else that happened. Yeah, but um, it's very much, it just t- takes all the, like, is it tenseness? That's not the word. I can't think of the word, right? I think intensity Makes is it... a good word. Intensity, but must like you know when you're watching something and you're you're on the edge of your seat wondering yeah. if the heroes are going to win. It It's not like that, because have all these loopholes that lead back to Altean alchemy even though there's no science behind it ever like they say oh it's alchemy like alchemists are supposed to be magic scientists and there's no science behind it it's just yeah you could just do whatever you want basically <laughs> the world building we get is to... crap <laughs> they never said we get rules. to I mean it's just it's just very strange how they never explain anything for it. Right? Because there are certain things that they do that make sense, right? Because, you know, Omeras, which are these, you know, they're like giant creatures that make crystals to power ships. Um, they explain that, and they explain a bunch of other stuff. But it's Altean alchemy specifically that never gets an explanation, but it can solve any problem they have. Yeah. Um, and then we get to season seven and eight. How much time do I have left? 40 seconds, but you're good. If you go over a little okay. bit, that's fine, because we did season spend some time and season, season 7 and 8 fucking suck. <laughs> hey, season 7's not that bad. Season 7 has some good development for Hunk. He's... That's, that's like the high point. Oh, the best um, character. Yes, sure. Um, well, second best. Lotor and Zarkoran are both dead at this point, um, so who is the main villain? Uh, we don't know. Stendak took over Earth or something because there's this thing where the Paladins were gone for three years which really doesn't make sense um, because they didn't explain it well so it's like, well, they were in the thing but Koran and Shiro and Crolia weren't so how did they skip the three years? And the answer is, I don't know, it's because of the explosion or something. Um, so that's confusing. Sendak is now the main villain for Season 7 even though he sucks and he's not at all interesting nor is he threatening because he has never won against the main characters and he never will because they kill him at the end of season seven <laughs> Woo, let's go uh there's way too many characters at this point when they get to earth a lot of the reasons that the amount of characters in the story worked in earlier seasons is because we weren't getting an overload all at once but when we get to earth there's a bunch of new characters and old characters that went to earth in previous seasons show up again and it's like I cannot keep a track of all these people who the fuck is James Griffin and why does he matter he only ever pisses off Keith and that's all he ever does and I don't care about him <laughs> um literally and then season and then they end the season they kill Sendak off in the second to last episode 
Then the last episode, this random robot shows up to freaking kick everybody's butt. And it's like, why did you... Why? Why not save that for the next season? Could have... Because it just comes out of nowhere. There's no foreshadowing for it. There's nothing. It literally just pops into existence. It sucks because they could have foreshadowed that Hagar slash Hernerva was doing stuff with the Alteans that Lotor had stored um, at the end of the season, and then season 8 they could have introduced it and had the characters gradually find out it was her, and then they could have done all of season 8, which sucked anyways. Um, but they didn't do that, and I don't know why. Um, and then season 8, it was just... It was, it was boring, okay? I watched it in 1.5 speed, and it was not good. I had to bring back characters that they thought were dead because everybody was upset um, that they had killed them off because they made them kind of gay with each other. And Voltron sucks at gay people anyways. Any so Most modern cartoons wasn't, do. Wasn't, wasn't really helping anything by killing off two lesbians or, or whatever they were. <laughs> um, and then they have... The main woman of color character kill herself in order to save everybody, even though she's gone through like thousands of years of suffering already, and why give her a happy ending? And then they make Lance a fucking farmer, and I will never get over that. <laughs> Boy Lance, he deserved so much better. Every Everybody else got like, uh, that Shiro got to get married, and he wasn't fighting anymore. Keith got to be with his mom and help them do stuff in the galaxy. Hunk got to be a chef. Edge got to be an inventor, scientist, woman. And then Lance, who wanted to explore the freaking universe and become a great pilot and everything, he gets to be on a farm because his love interest died. I do want to throw this one in there about the whole Clance thing. This is the only... I think this will probably be the only time that we ever talk about Clance on the show, just because of how toxic the Clance fandom was. Um, one thing that I want to say that I didn't like that I, cause like, I love the scenes that I'm about to discuss, but I hate what fans turned it into. There were scenes in the first couple of seasons where Clance or where, sorry, where Lance and Keith had really good bonding moments. Right. And I thought it was really sweet because like, you know, they got, they were like really butting heads in the very beginning. And I thought it was really nice to see the two of them bond. The problem is when people started turning that into like a, Oh my god, that must mean that they're gay. Because, like, what about all the other characters that had similar bonding moments? You know? Like, you well, I do think that there are definitely some moments which I it makes sense to see them as yeah. romantic moments. Like, they have that scene where Lance wakes up from his coma or whatever, and he holds Keith's hand as Keith's helping him up, and he's like, we do make a good team, and they yeah. smile like, at each other and like stuff. That's... Like, that, that's... I totally understand why that can be seen as romantic. I feel like a lot of the scenes that people were using as, like, evidence that Clance is gonna be canon is just, it's totally normal, funny scenes between the two of them that were purely driven towards shipping bait um, by people who were, like, overly obsessed with rivals to lovers dynamic type things where they're like yeah. oh my gosh they're rivals and they're gonna be lovers and all that and it's like i think personally i think clance would have been the safest option to go if they were going to get some lgbt repin because a there was already reasonable evidence as to why it could be canon right the two do have some very nice moments together that develop their relationships from what they were into the beginning to what they ended up being, which is close friends. And you could have pushed that into a romantic moment instead of uh, what a, what they did with LGBT rep, which was to pull a Disney except like a thousand times worse. Yeah. You know? Because like, don't get me <laughs> wrong. I love a good I love a good like rivals to lovers romance arc. But sometimes they're just rivals who become friends and that's yeah. okay it was very much a people wanted it to be canon so they saw them interacting and decided that it was romantic coded for a lot of it there is i do think there was a an amount of eight on the marketing side of things because they would put in specifically like clance and 
well, I say clans, Keith and Lance would be on, like, title cards and on shirts and everything, and they were always, it was always those two, right? Mm. So I do think there could have been that kind of thing, because uh, there was not ever, like, a season totally dedicated around the two, so why would they be faces for the marketing? And that was my spiel about Voltron and why it was good and now is bad. Right, it's Asia's turn. Right, Asia. <laughs> okay, for our audio listeners, Asia fell asleep while Sucko was talking, and just now when I'm... I woke her up, she was like, I was awake. I was like, I literally heard you snoring. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have such a nice voice. Yeah, she's got a really soothing voice. All right, so we're specifically going to be talking about season two Euphoria, which will have spoilers in it, so if you have not seen season two, please do not listen. Um, so we're basically going to talk about Rue and her character's development, um, specifically her drug development, Maddie and Cassie's friendship downfall, uh, Nate and his ongoing daddy issues, and, uh, the relationship that he gets with Cass, and then the, uh, end of season two, along with Cassidy's character development. So there's seven full episodes in this season, and you're going to learn a lot about Rue's father, and how that really played in her heavy drug use, um... I think you learned that she lost her dad at like 13 due to like a cancer and that really 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 hit her hard so she kind of went to drugs because when she's in that drug like stance or like tree whatever you want to call it um she there was like it was near the end of the one of the episodes where she uh had taken some drugs and you see this like dreamlike state of her and her dad like dancing and stuff and I think she just basically does it because she feels you know she gets memories back or whatever but it's basically like coping mechanism to see her dad and shit like that it gets so bad that she ends up going back to this person's house who sells drugs and she's like let me work for you and so this woman gives her a full suitcase of drugs and she has to sell these all but really Rue got them because she wants to take them and what happens is her little boo thing friend Jules which I fucking do not like Jules Jules is the worst person ever do not if you like Jules I'm concerned for your health I'm concerned for you okay anyways I feel that (laughs) um I haven't even watched the show but she's like a major fucking shithead and their relationship in the first season kind of was at a like a standstill and was kind of shaky but then it completely like downfalls once uh jules goes and tells rue's mom about everything that she's been doing and they ended up flushing all the drugs that were in the suitcase so now we see rue trying to you know season three is probably going to be her trying to run from this drug dealer um Maddie and Cassie's friendship in season one, you know, they, they're pretty tight-bonded. Um, that's where this, the famous line of, bitch, you're my soulmate, comes from. It's from that show. Uh, and in a scene with Cass, I think it was... I can't remember when it was. I think it might have been in the bathroom. But it starts up with a bang when Cassie ends up leaving this party... Like a, it's like it's like some type of Halloween party or something, and her and her sister get into a fight, and she just leaves super drunk at this gas station, and starts eating these donuts, and all of a sudden, uh, Maddie's ex Nate comes up, and takes her back to the party, and they're drinking and shit, and uh, well, I'm not gonna really defend Cass's actions because she just get a little frisky in that car, but so. Yeah, we're not, it's it just, it's, it's, they get back and it's just downfall because they go in the bathroom together. I'm not gonna, you know what happens in the bathroom. And so, yeah, I'm not, they have sex. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, with that being said, I really don't defend Cass's actions. There is, I feel there is a point to why she does them though. And I think it's because of her dad leaving her, just kind of, like, walking out on her. Um, You do end up 
seeing and learning that her dad she was the last one her dad saw because he I don't know how it happened but I remember he had asked to come inside and she said no so they met in the garage and she was like why like you know what the hell seeing like all these you know needle marks on his arm and I think that really really hurt like it really hurts her so I think when she is with Nate she has more of like a you know oh I'm being loved again I think she's just really trying to find that love again and yeah I think she finds that from Nate which is really fucked up I feel she can find it somewhere else especially with uh her best or was her best friend Maddie because Maddie really cared about her but yeah she really definitely finds men to help that void because she's very desperate to find that love that her father just never really gave her so we do learn in season two that Nate's dad is like gay (laughs) um he like men so but we kind of already knew that from the first season because in the first season Jules meets up with Nate's dad a point blank period again with the Jules hate she lied about her age and ends up sleeping with Nate's dad and stuff like this and you basically find out in season one that he films all this like interactions with these men like you like you know they go to a motel he films it and he keeps it in his office so anyway Nate finds this tape of Jules and since now that Nate has his child pornography in his hands he kind of is telling his dad uh kind of like blackmails his dad he ends up giving it a quick comment Hmm. so I just want to say all of the things I've never seen euphoria but I have seen Riverdale and I just gotta say from what I've heard so far euphoria sounds like it's got like Riverdale levels of parenting which is like in the toilet needs to be flushed gone out of here shit parents do they know the epic highs and lows of (laughs) high school football (laughs) i i don't think they do euphoria high sounds like it does not have sports it sounds like it's just people having sex drunk in the bathroom at parties go ahead basically (laughs) um um, but yeah since nate's dad kind of made him feel small a lot he kind of uses that as a blackmail but does give it back to um Jules and Jules still like you know ruins it um at the end of one of the episodes I can't remember it was the second to last episode but um Nate's dad ends up coming home making a whole spiel to everybody and Nate's just had enough so he ends up finding his dad and he's talking to his dad and the cops come and the dad's like you did not and he was like oh I did (laughs) so I um, did bitch he ends up turning it into the police, I think. I think either he made a copy or he turns it in before. And, uh, yeah, it's basically a big fuck you to his dad. Um, the end is really an anticipated episode. I can't remember Cassie's sister name for some odd reason, but she made this really uh, interesting mu- like play musical. Play like musical. Yeah, it's more like a play. I don't think I they were singing. I did see that scene on yeah. TikTok. Um, I think her name was like Megan or something like that. I can't remember. But, so, she ends up, you know, making a play out of basically everything that's happened in season two. And, my goodness. So, its main focus is where we see Cassidy and Natalie, like, finally fight after Cass does go on, like, a long speech about how, well, if that makes me the bad guy, then so be it. It's like, Uh, fuck you, bitch. You fucked your best friend's ex. Yeah. But... So, uh, and this is also when we see a lot, like, see Rue's downfall from another point of view, and it's just, it really, really hurts. This season definitely made me cry, and it does, you find a more in-depth approach to Rue's father and his funeral, so that's where we do find out about his cancer and stuff like that, and, um, I mean, all these girls were, like, super close, so it's wild. Um... The very last episode, I do know that um, I can't. I can't believe it's been so long since I've seen this fucking show. But I do remember uh, Ashtray. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So 
um, basically, Cassie's sister is in love with, uh, what is his name? I cannot remember his name. Uh, somebody who looks like Mac Miller, okay? (laughs) The Mac Miller impersonator. (coughs) Or the reincarnation of Mac, to be honest. But they end up, like, really hitting it off in the first episode. And at the very end, she invited him to come to the play. And he was about to come to the play. Um, however, it gets fucking raided because they ended up in mid-season... Ashtray ended up killing one of the drug dealers that came to their house because he's trying to kill the Mac Miller. <laughs> and um, so that just comes full circle back to them. And I sobbed in my fucking bed when this happened. But basically now we're in season three, we're going to see a lot of like what happened after, you know, what happened with Ashtray and Mac and where they're taking Mac and what they're going to do with Mac. We're going to see Cassie's sister, you know, figure, like, figure her shit out. We're going to see how Cassidy and, um, Maddie's relationship plays out, along with how Jules is going to come back, or at least try to crawl back to Rule's character. she dug for herself. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it was very an interesting season. I loved it top notch only th- this is the only time i get hbo max the only time i pay for hbo max is when it's like like when a new season of yeah euphoria when a new comes s- euphoria comes out but the acting was absolutely phenomenal and i really like it too because the end of each episode they do go into depth about like that episode and how they feel like their character and stuff and all that so i think that's really cool i don't really see a lot of shows that do that but yeah, I'm really excited for season three, and I think it's a very, this is a very, uh, you said it's kind of like Riverdale. I feel it's a more grown-up Riverdale. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of people say that. So, okay, I'm done Riverdale ranting. is. I'm done ranting about this now. Me too. I have a comment to make. So I've already said once that I've, at least once that I've never seen the show. My partner and I do plan on watching it together, but I just gotta laugh a little bit because I remember when, when she finished season two asia was like i can't wait for season three and then when she found out it wasn't coming out for like two years or something she was like uh-huh. <laughs> and it was so you guys, funny you guys want to know something cool but totally unrelated sure i bought myself a bulbasaur plushie sheesh look at Seko out here building her collection of anime trinkets <laughs> goes well it goes great with my five nights at freddy's once <laughs> <laughs> yeah um for for our for our listeners uh Succo is one of those people who decorates her room with like pop culture items um and i think that that's like super cool because she I, mean, like, I don't know if i would say it's decorated i have no posters up <laughs> right now I, can you hang posters up at the rental you're staying at i mean i Probably as long as they don't damage the paint on the walls, but yeah, it's so, so much you work. could if you wanted to, but you just choose not to. Because I know you've got posters. Yeah. I've given you some. Got that that Quicksilver poster. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Sucka went on a, a temporary insanity. Uh, insanity. Uh, ev- totally um, valid. Period. Where she like became absolutely obsessed with Quicksilver. But specifically, the version of I'm Quicksilver played by Evan Peters, which I saw, I, an, I saw an edit of him. I get on my TikTok the other but, day, and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I I get it, but at the same time, she kind of turned her entire personality into being a Quicksilver stand for a short That's period not, of time. That is not true. <laughs> That's how it looked. You dress up as I, Quicksilver for Halloween. Uh, okay, you dressed <laughs> up as the fairy godmother for a for Shrek. a for a Shrek themed birthday party. No, what did you dress up as? I dressed up as a as like a vampire. My God, whatever. It was a Halloween party. We were supposed to dress <laughs> up. You can't get mad at me for dressing up for a Halloween party. I guess that's true. It is funny because Marcus dressed up as uh, Linda Belcher and her partner dressed up as Bob Belcher, and it was so cute. She wants the more of law. 
Literally, I buy one poster of him. <laughs> it wasn't because of the poster. It's because you spent all your time talking about him. I did not spend all my time talking about him. We go and raid your room and just underneath it's just a bunch of fucking quicksilver <laughs> like figurines it's, and fucking it's like, it's, like how in, it's like how in Turning Red her entire bed had all the red panda stuff underneath it. That's what the underside it's, of your bed looks like but for quicksilver merch. Not my fault. Blame WandaVision. <laughs> All right, Marcus, are you ready to go? Yes, I am. I am ready. All right, I'm starting the timer now. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about regular show and just, like, the main cast and how I feel about them. The very first person that I'm obviously going to bring up is Muscle Man. Um, I feel like whenever I was first watching regular show, Muscle Man was definitely more annoying but as I have grown up, I understand his humor. Muscle Man is probably one of the more funny characters of this show. He can be very annoying, but you gotta give it to him. He's very passionate, and he's just a great guy overall. He can have his moments, but he's definitely one of the better characters. And I'm gonna rate Muscle Man uh, 7 out of 10, because very great he's very great he has you know he has his flaws but you know so going over we're going to talk about skips skips is definitely a 10 out of 10 character just overall he's just a genuinely good guy obviously he's a little older so his patience is kind of small and he gets annoyed a little bit quickly he never takes it out on people he's just a genuinely good guy and like hearing about his backstory and why his name is skips is heartbreaking and its own thing and like why he's immortal you know he's just perfect character definitely the best character on the show in my personal opinion is skips okay now i'm gonna get to pops pops also solid 9 out of 10. I would give him a perfect score, but he can be, um, what's the word? He can be a little bit gullible. You know, Pops, we need to protect him at all costs. But I think some of the episodes where he really shined was in the rap episode, which, by the way, I didn't know this until, like, last year. Tyler, the creator, was actually voicing in that episode as one of the rappers. Um, you know, Pops was able to um, defend himself and defend his friends. And he always stands up for what he believes in. Like, he can be a little giddy sometimes. He can be gullible, but he does stand up for himself and for those around him. He might not be very, like, um, what's the word? Uh, he might not be, uh, what's the word? Uh, Tough? People aren't really scared of him like he's not oh somebody you would really be scared of what's the word for that intimidating intimidating yeah thank you like he's not very intimidating but he's a genuinely good person and he will fight for what he believes in especially whenever you get to i'm not going to spoil it but like especially towards the end of the series in the last couple of episodes you really see him go all in so pops is a solid nine out of ten and the only reason why he gets one point off is because he is a little bit gullible. Right. Now, I'm going to be going over to High Five Ghost. I give High Five Ghost like a solid 3 out of 10. To me, personally, High Five Ghost is not that memorable of a character. The only reason why his character is a little bit more memorable is because he has Muscle Man. You know, he kind of just piggybacks off of Muscle Man for the most like one of the only episodes that I can actually think of that's an actual high five episode is one whenever he's trying to uh, get with like the blue haired girl and then the other one was the haunted episode that we were talking about earlier those are really the only few episodes that I I personally remember where he was more of a main character but even then he wasn't really the main character of those episodes um, high Five Ghost, I think he has a really good voice actor. I really do like his voice. Um, just because, like, it's not something that you've heard before. It's not, like, an archetype or anything like that. I mean, they have, like, edits on it. But, like, when have you ever heard a ghost sound like that? 
No, I think the the character overall is very creative, but I feel like they definitely could have done a lot more with High Five Ghost. Okay, so now I'm going to go ahead and go on to Benson. Um, I give Benson a solid 8 out of 10. He's a great character. Overall, he is honestly a really good boss. Like, he does so much for his employees. He makes sure that everybody knows exactly what to do. You know, and he's always bringing in, like, he's always, like, giving his um, his workers, like, food and gifts. And he always throws parties for them and makes sure that they know that they're appreciated. The only thing is, Benson has such a bad temper problem. But the thing is... Is Benson is all bark, no bite. I can Benson. How, how many times has he threatened to fire somebody and then he didn't? He's only fired them, like, maybe, like, he actually fired them, like, a handful of times. But even then, he still took them back. He's all bark, no bite. He's very intimidating, but he's literally not going to do anything about it. Like, he'll just make you do, like, more work and that's it. Um, okay, now, going on to... Our main two characters, these are the last characters that I'm going to be talking about, are Mordecai and Rigby. Rigby, I just want to say, if Rigby was an actual person, I want to say, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. And Rigby is just literally the most selfish character of all time. Like, you cannot get any more selfish Rigby. Rigby is already super self-conscious, you know, and I understand that, that he's insecure, but he's such a little shit. Like, if he doesn't get his way, he'll make sure he gets it his way, but then he'll ruin it. In every single episode, I don't remember there being any episode where it's not directly his fault of why something is happening. And some of the things that I just cannot wrap my head around is very first thing is he sent skips to the fucking moon because he was bored that is literally the reason why like damn well what the fuck he was doing he sent skips to the moon then gets all fucking like oh well how was i supposed to know it's like well they told you not to mess with it don't fucking mess with it another thing that he did was he cooked the goddamn hot dogs Benson told him not to. Then those hot dogs proceeded to fucking try to eat everybody because he cooked the hot dogs. Even though Benson told him, do not cook those hot dogs. They have gone bad. You know, he just wanted, but no, 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 no. He wanted hot dogs. Like, okay, well then go get other hot dogs. You really did not know, need to have those specific hot dogs. And another one was he literally almost killed Mordecai because he could not be player one in a video game. Yeah. He taught himself, or he went to, like, a teacher to get taught how to punch somebody to death and then tried to kill Mordecai over it because he couldn't be player one. Not to mention, honorable men- mentions, is whenever, you know, Mordecai almost had a shot with uh, fucking Margaret, then Mordecai just... Does his absolute best to fuck him up, ask him for favors the entire time, just cock blocks him the entire time, and then also tries to get with Margaret herself. And like that that's such a piece of shit. And then probably the biggest thing, probably the biggest fuck you that Rigby's ever done to Mordecai was he literally convinced Mordecai he did not ex- get accepted into university when he did. And that way, Mordecai is stuck at a low-end job with him. Like, that's, that's fucking insane. Rigby, solid zero out of ten. He's such a piece of shit. And he's just the worst person on this show. Rigby's Ow. a character study on how to be a bad friend. Pretty much. But, now, going over to Mordecai. Mordecai is only slightly better than Rigby. Mordecai is so mean to Rigby, which I understand because why the fuck, you know, is your friend Rigby going to be constantly pulling your leg and shit? Like, Mordecai, why are you still friends with Rigby after all the shit he's put you through? Why the fuck are you still friends with him? But not only that, 
He's so mean to Rigby, and not even like in a brotherly type of way. Like he he constantly physically assaults Rigby, makes sure that Rigby knows that he is the worst person that he knows, and constantly hounding him. Mordecai is nice to almost everybody else in the show. He's con he's such a tryhard. He's not only a simp, Margaret. He's a simp to everybody. He's always trying to fucking um, get everybody think that he's the best possible person. He's not. He's also a piece of shit. Just bullies Rigby. <laughs> Marcus. And constantly makes Rigby the butt of the joke, even when Rigby says, Hey, I, that doesn't make me feel good. And Rigby goes, Ha, fuck you. Da 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 da. You know, and it's just. Can, can I introduce just, a counterpoint no. to that argument? Hold on. No, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> Like, he's... Mordecai is just such a shitty friend to Rigby. Like, they're so toxic to each other. It's it's just a whole thing. And also, Mordecai puts literally some girl over Rigby, his best friend, supposedly, every single time. Every single time. He'll also put other people above Rigby, so then they think that he's cool. Like, he's such a piece of shit. Both of them are pieces of shit. Mordecai, one out of ten. Because he's slightly better because he is funny and he is charismatic. But it's also in one of those ways where he just knocks Rigby down so then everybody else thinks that he's better than he actually is. I have one counterpoint to your argument against Mordecai. And that is the, the way Mordecai acts toward Rigby is like an exaggerated version of how Asia and I act to each other. Bruh. <laughs> Like, do you not... constantly physically assault her? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> we are really? always hitting each other, man. Okay, maybe and not punch her in the face, but like we're hitting each other all the time. Yeah, I feel like is Mordecai is a more I feel like Mordecai is probably one of the most not not a realistic but the most realistic representation of what best friends look like um in the real world because most people that I know Mordecai is a good representation. It's like I said, it's very exaggerated, but it is a fairly solid representation of how most people are with their best friend. Um, he is still an asshole. I will give you that one. He is absolutely an asshole. He is very mean to Rigby when he shouldn't be. Like it's one thing to be playfully mean, like I am with Asia and like she is with me, but he takes it to like he takes it too far a lot. But my final counter argument is that I would give him a 5 out of 10 if I was the one writing it because this might make me a furry, but Birdman hot. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I've had a crush on Mordecai since the show first came out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, I'm oh done. No, That's all I wanted to say. Just... I pretty much agree with all of your rant, all of all of your rates. Uh, I... I I do agree with your Mordecai rating because he is an asshole and he's far too mean to Rigby and he really is one of those people who's like he's a bad person but he tries to make himself look good but like that one episode where he just straight up made Rigby disappear from existence yeah when Rigby and Mordecai were in a fight and he just pushes Rigby off of a microwave yeah. in like a time space continuum and Rigby like Thanos snaps and Mordecai's yeah. like, oh, no, I didn't actually mean it. And I'm like, damn, maybe you shouldn't have said it then, bro. Not to mention, Mordecai literally lied to Rigby about his fucking mattress and stole his mattress because yeah. he's a little bit more comfortable and let Rigby literally sleep on a baby trampoline. Like, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. So fucked. They're not good friends to each other. I think that that and then maybe like Finn and Jake are probably the two most accurate representations of what best friends are like in cartoon shows but I feel like Finn and Jake is more realistic um Mordecai and Rigby are like a very over exaggerated they they over exaggerate the mean parts of real friendships so because I mean I feel like in regular show they're actually supposed to be like bad people it's one of those shows where the two main characters are actually supposed to be really bad people for like comedic purposes but they really do hit the nail right on the head with what it looks like to be a really toxic friend so i i do agree the only reason i disagree with your rating is because birdman hot but other than that yeah i pretty much agree 
that's all I have for my segment. <laughs> all right. That was awesome. I thought we all had really good things to say about the shows that we were talking about. That was... I think we all said some very good things. We said some controversial things, like Birdman Hot and Clant's Bad. Or, well, not Clant's Bad, but Clant's Fandom uh, Bad. Clant's Bad is, like... It's the more about least the controversial thing on the internet right now. Yeah, Anytime it's also... somebody brings up plants, everybody is like, Ugh. ew. Uh. Yeah, besides, we're talking more about the fandom being bad than the ship being bad because there's nothing wrong with shipping characters as long as it's like not something I mean, that would be illegal sucks. in the real world. But like, kind of sucks how much the plants fandom ruined the ship because yeah. I was rewatching it and I was like, these two would be cute. Yeah, I mean. It, it, the ship itself I, is kind of yeah. cute. but It's, it's one thing to ship characters, but to sit there and demand that it happen because you want it? Like, the writers just can't just cater to what the fans want. They have to write an intriguing show. People who don't ship it is yeah. also a big thing. So Clan's Bad is more about the fandom itself than the actual ship. The ship is fine. It's fine to ship characters. You know, like, don't... Yeah. Don't like ship kids with adults or anything, but you know shipping isn't really hurting anybody. Oh, no, I'm, I'm losing. I'm losing a Tetris. Oh my god! All right, that's all we've got. <laughs> that's all we've got for our TV talks. Now we're gonna move on to the Poopville segment. Asia, what do we got today? A broke ass motherfucker. No. <laughs> all right. Oh, Anything sorry. else? Yeah. Just give me one second. I'm gonna open Discord for you. What are the numbers? I, mean, I, I, I read the numbers. Okay. They're too small. All right. So today, somebody had went to the bank. All right, and they pulled out some money, which really, I don't even know. Um. If you can't read the numbers, I can read them for you. I know I, they're really small glasses. I can see them. Um, but so there was a young man who came in. And he said he wanted to pull some money out, and really he just should put it back, because his withdrawal was four hundred dollars. So now his current balance is negative four hundred and seventy-nine dollars and ninety-two cents, and his available balance is negative four hundred fifty-five dollars and seventy-nine cents. Uh, this was on seven twenty-seven twenty-two. And I don't know how he's doing, or how they're doing. Probably fucking quaking in their boots, and their paycheck is probably halfway gone. <laughs> so they have negative money in their bank account? Not only do they have negative money, they've got negative $500, almost. Um, how and do I just, you even do that? I just have to chuckle a little bit. So the town we live in, there's not a whole lot to do there. But I know that there is two strip clubs that the because so, they mentioned what subgroup of people in this town that the person that pulled this money out was because they saw them pull out the money and leave and forget their receipt um it's a subgroup of people based on occupation and the people in this occupation when they're single tend to go to strip clubs and tattoo parlors a lot um, because there's nothing else to do really and so pulling out four hundred dollars in this subgroup well, this, this this reads to me that this person was planning on going to a strip club and they pulled out $400 to get in and, you know... Go roller skating. There's, there's not much to do in this town outside of going to a strip club and usually people who have large sums of money in our town are probably using it for the strip club or paying rent. But rent in our town averages around $800 monthly. So this is probably not a rent payment. Um, it's pro and it does not cost four hundred dollars to go to a roller skating rink, sucko. I'm not saying it does. I'm saying he's wasting his money when he could go to the roller skating <laughs> rink. You know what? I agree. Same thing with bowling. He could use less than a hundred dollars and do both of the things that you and I have listed: bowling and roller skating. Exactly. But instead, he wants to go to the strip club. But yeah, that's gonna be it for today. Um. Marcus or Sucko, Sucko, what do we got for socials? Oh, so social media, God, you gotta love it, don't you? <laughs> okay, fucking Rick Can... and Morty. <laughs> what? She called you Rick and Morty. I'm both. <laughs> Rick and Morty simultaneously. <laughs> okay, you can follow us on Twitter at four underscore frogs four twenty. 
Our Instagram and TikTok are both Feelin' Froggy Podcast. And our YouTube is Feelin' Froggy. Hopefully I can get the background done so, so um, that we can post something there. <laughs> follow me on Instagram at, I think it's soul underscore lotus420. I believe it's the same thing. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at soul underscore lotus420. I know that. Um... Oh, no underscore. On Instagram, it is just soulotus420, no underscore. On Twitter, it is an underscore. What's the 420, man? I like the number. That's all. You do weed? I, no. No. I, as I stated in episode two, I do not do weed. <laughs> My dad listens to the podcast. <laughs> Marcus, what's your Instagram? I was gonna go laugh so I can save stay froggy. Oh, okay, Asia, what's your Instagram? Bitch, speak. <laughs> what the fuck? Why is I'm holding the microphone to her mouth and she was just sitting there staring off into space. What's your Instagram? It is a i z z a two k. Sucko, you got any plugs for personal things? You like to know weather boy. <laughs> Marcus, take I us out. <laughs> My boy. name is Marcus McIntyre. You can find me on Instagram as Marcus.McIntyre. And remember to stay froggy and have a wonderful day.